Blog Talk Radio. Time to get ready for a journey into the love of art and the art of love. Welcome to Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon, the show that takes an honest look into the heart of all things that shape the fabric of your entire life. And now, here's Nancy. Hello there. I want to extend a great big welcome to all my new listeners. So glad you took the time to uh, tune in and listen today. I hope you like what you hear and continue to follow my show every week. And, of course, a warm welcome to you, the people who have been sending me questions and listening to my show regularly. Some quick info for uh, my new listeners. People send me questions and I answer them on air so everyone can benefit from both the questions and the answers. We've all been through some challenging experiences in our lives in the past few years. And, you know, it's good to come together, even if it's just energetically, to support one another. So if you have any questions you want answered, I made an easy submission box on the front page of my website, nancyatnoon.com, where you can send me your questions. Alrighty-o, without further ado, let's dive into it. Hi, Nancy. Why am I so tired all the time? I'm still a relatively youngish, healthy woman in my 40s. Sure, I could lose a few pounds, but I'm not overweight by a long stretch. I go to work, come home, and I'm exhausted. On weekends and holidays, I sleep all day just to catch up, but I never catch up. Then on Monday, it starts all over again. I don't want my life to be like this. I never have energy for the fun things anymore. Please help. Signed, Tony. Hi, Tony. Exhaustion is a real concern for a lot of women. In fact, exhaustion is rapidly becoming a growing complaint among women of all ages, not just those in their 40s. The expectations for the modern woman have become more demanding in recent years. With the unstable job market, women are working harder to earn 20% less than a man who does the same job. Yeah, still. So women are working longer hours to earn the same amount. And she's constantly in competition with her peers. And to top it off, women still do more of the housework. Exhaustion can be caused by a variety of different factors. You didn't give me much information in your email, so I'm not going to guess what the root cause of it is in your life. It could be that you work too many hours or that you don't love your job. You may not be getting enough oxygen through deep breathing exercises and physical exercise. Your diet may not be supplying you with enough of the necessary nutrients for your body's needs. It could even be something so simple as not taking time to have that fun you say you don't have anymore. You may want to check with your doctor and have some tests done to, uh, you know, to find out what your vitamin and mineral levels are. I know from my own experience that lack of magnesium is a contributing factor to fatigue and a whole pile of other conditions for most people in Canada and the United States and, you know, most of the Western world, in fact. I did a lot of research on magnesium last fall because my gut instinct told me that some of the conditions I was experiencing were probably due to a lack of magnesium. Stress causes a loss of magnesium, regardless of where the stress originates. Magnesium is a macro element that is needed by the body in large amounts. The test to determine if you are deficient in magnesium can be misleading because the assessment is usually done using blood serum testing, 
and only 1% of magnesium in the body is actually found in the blood. So even that 1% can give a false indication of your magnesium levels because when you start becoming deplete, your body pulls magnesium from your bones. So the testing that is done can be extremely inaccurate. This might be something to look into. I'm not recommending it because I'm not a doctor. All I can say is that it helped me. Do your research. But there are some things I definitely can suggest. And this is where I'm going to go off the traditional path a bit and focus on how color can increase your energy. Yes, something so simple as color. First, let's do a refresher course and uh, take a quick look into the science behind color and what makes color work. Color is all about absorption and reflection. Objects appear to have color because they absorb and reflect particular wavelengths of light. For example, snow appears to be white because when the light falls on it, it reflects all the light back. It doesn't absorb or retain any light. That's why wearing white in the summer will keep you cool because none of the sun's light gets absorbed into the fabric. It reflects it all back in a sort of scattered pattern. Whereas with the color black, all the light gets absorbed into the object and no light is reflected back to our eyes. That's why wearing black clothes in the summer is probably not the best idea if you want to stay cool. It will absorb the sunlight and the heat from that light because remember, these wavelengths are just forms of vibrating energy and anything that vibrates has movement and all movement has a heat factor associated with it. The more sunlight an object absorbs, the hotter it will be. Common Sense 101. Now, red, red looks red because it absorbs or holds back all the wavelengths of visible light from the sun, except for red. It reflects back red to our human eyes, and we perceive the object as being red. Color isn't what it is. It's what it reflects back or gives off from itself. As human beings, we are constantly absorbing energies from the atmosphere, our surroundings, and other people. And we are continually emitting energy. Everything we emit and radiate has a hidden sound, a color, and a scent associated with it. Ain't that a fun fact? Some people have the ability to, to hear the unique sound of colors. Some can smell a particular sound or even taste a color or a sound. Mystics, gurus, and healers have known this for thousands of years. And, you know, many of them have these abilities. Scientists have named this phenomenon synesthesia, the ability to hear a color or a sound. Pretty cool, huh? Here's a fun little story. Many years ago, when my youngest daughter, Ariana, was about, I think, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11, Cindy, the mom of her friend, Rebecca, asked her to take care of her cats while they were on a family vacation for a week. They just lived around the block, and it was, it was no big deal. She just had to go over and feed them and sit with them for a while so they didn't feel abandoned. The first day when she was there, something felt strange to her, so she called her older sister, Haley, over to sit with her. When Haley walked in the door through the kitchen, she felt something strange, too. And Ariana hadn't told her anything. Ariana figured if she had said something, then Haley wouldn't come. Anyway, Haley sort of backed her way through the kitchen, feeling as if she was being watched. For the next couple of days, both girls went together to protect each other. But one day, Haley couldn't go, so Ariana went alone. Brave little soul that she is. Well, she called me moments after she arrived at the house and asked me to come. I knew something was wrong, but she wouldn't say. When I got there, she was waiting for me outside. She said the back door was locked yesterday, and today it was unlocked. Like any caring mom, I tried to rationalize her fears away by coming up with some logical explanations, like maybe someone has a key and was checking the place also. Nope. 
Arianna had the only key to the house. So, before going inside, we did a walk around the property and had a peek into the garage. It was an old house, and the garage wasn't used for a garage. It was more like a shed type of deal. I felt something in that shed, but didn't see any signs of unusual occupancy or, you know, nothing out of the normal. So we ventured into the house. I checked the back door, but Arianna had already locked it. I swear that house was filled with an energy that I have experienced many times in my life, and it didn't feel good. Since the cats were fed, I said, let's get the heck out of here. But my daughter said there was one cat missing that hadn't been fed yet, and that he was probably upstairs in Rebecca's room. She said we have to go up and find him. I thought, you got to be kidding. No way was I going up those stairs into Amityville Horror. You go first, Mom. Nope, you go first, dear. You know your way around the house better than I do. Okay, I admit I was a total chicken and a bad mom at that moment, not to mention that I was at least 20 paces behind her. She had made it all the way up to Rebecca's bedroom, but I was still on the top step. But in my own defense, had I gone first, I would not have been in the position to grab her and yank her down those stairs and out that house so fast we were like a whoosh in the wind. It was when she uttered that terrified telltale, Mom, that rang the final alarm bell for me. The day before, Ariana had been up in Rebecca's room looking for a video to watch. Cindy and Rebecca had given her permission to read any of her books or play any of the videos while she was sitting with the cats. So she remembered what the room looked like. Relatively neat. All things in order. But on that ominous day when we were looking for the missing cat... The room was in total disarray. The dresser drawers were open with socks hanging out. The garbage pail was tipped over. The bed all messed up. And there was no explanation for it whatsoever. Nope, not the cats playing. They were old, fat, and lazy. And there was no way any of them could have opened the dresser drawers. We did our due diligence and called the cops. But what were we supposed to say? Hey, there's a mischievous ghost here who's been creating havoc, making it very scary for us to feed the cats. A cop came and checked everything out, but of course he didn't find anything because he did not possess any synesthesia abilities. He could not see the waveform of this ghost. I could feel him, and both of my daughters could feel him. His presence was huge. It filled the whole house and the backyard shed. He was everywhere. So when Cindy got back from vacation and came to pick up the key, again, we thought it our due diligence to inform our friend about the presence in her home. Know what she said? Oh, so you've met our ghost. Huh? You knew and didn't tell us? We got talking about him and she told us his story. Cindy said she's never felt him, but she smells him. So there you have it, the story of the stinky ghost of Penetangor Avenue. As fascinating as that story is, my point is that many so-called normal people, meaning not mystics and gurus and healers, have a very keen sense of sensual awareness. They are able to see or read energy using their five senses in ways that seem highly improbable to most of us. I remember another time when my daughters were in the local theater guild. They were rehearsing for the play Evita. During a break one evening, several of the teens were sitting around sharing their experiences about ghosts and the ability to see auras. They never shared their experiences with adults or other friends because they didn't want to be ridiculed. They definitely had these experiences and had no way to understand them. I tell you, if I ran the public school system, I would rewrite the entire curriculum and teach kids life skills and all the important things everyone needs to know about how energy works. All those no-see-em things that become blockbuster movies because deep down inside, 
we all know they contain a strong element of truth, don't we? So back to the energy of color. What you reflect will be your color. What you hold back will not be your color. This is the nature of life in all things, not just color. If you radiate love, you will be seen as a loving human being. If you hold back love, you won't be seen as a loving human being, whatever that looks like. So how does color affect human consciousness? Let's talk a little bit about how color affects your spiritual process. Anything that is physical in nature naturally reflects light. Once it reflects light, it will have color in our human perception. The color that you reflect changes your aura. So basically, the colors that you wear and surround yourself with change the energy of your auric field, the field immediately surrounding your body. Certain colors are associated with certain energy centers of the body. These energy centers are called chakras. There are seven major chakras in the human body. Each has its own qualities, color, sound, element, and body function. A blockage or dysfunction in any of the chakras puts your entire energetic system out of alignment. If not brought back into balance, it develops into physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual disorders, conditions, and diseases, much like exhaustion, fatigue, depression, anything. I'm sharing this with you because it's another way of becoming aware of your own energy system. The more awareness you have in all areas of your life, the more you'll be able to direct your own energy and be happier and healthier with more energy. In the end, isn't that what we're all looking for? When you're young, you seek relationships, thinking that's where you'll find happiness. When you're middle-aged and older, you seek solutions to health problems, thinking that if you could just be pain-free or have more energy, you'd be happy. The ability to attract, assimilate, and direct energy is so important to our happiness and our well-being. The more energy you have and know how to use effectively, the more vibrant and energetic you'll feel. I believe there are always natural ways to reverse any unwanted condition we are experiencing in our bodies. It's not just about bringing energy into our bodies and spending it out again. It's also about being able to contain energy. We all know what it feels like when we have no energy like before, during, or after being sick. But lack of energy also makes us lethargic with no motivation when we're, you know, just living our normal lives. And that's a totally sucky state to be in. That's why I totally believe that knowing how your energetic body works is vitally important to all aspects of your health and happiness. The seven major chakras are located along the spine and in a way act as a spinal cord through which prana or life force energy flows. Each chakra represents different physical, emotional, and psychological concerns. The first chakra is called the root chakra and is located at the base of the spine. This chakra is associated with family, uh, survival, and the tribe. It's about being grounded in the physical, feeling secure, drawing on your animal instinct. It's associated with uh, nature, loyalty, physical identity, and bonding with others. And this is the chakra that grounds us to groups that support our beliefs, such as our national identity, our cultural heritage, the religious organizations we're associated with, and it's the energy center where we begin to develop our power in life. When this chakra or energy center is out of balance, you tend to isolate yourself, uh, you keep people out of your life, you feel ungrounded and afraid, and often you feel depressed and alienated all emotions that drain your energy and make you feel exhausted. 
When it's in balance, you feel grounded and centered with vitality, strength, and a sense of worldly power. The color associated with this chakra, the, the first chakra, is red. The second chakra is located in the pelvic area around the sexual organs and the lower back area. And it's called the sacral chakra and is all about passion and pleasure. It's also associated with resiliency, perseverance, and creativity. It's the center of creativity, both figuratively and literally. Everything you create originates from the energy of your second chakra. That includes giving birth to kids or giving birth to projects. The power of this chakra is about you being able to manage your sexuality, competition, self-defense, your finances, and your survival concerns. This is the energy center that evaluates everything you come in contact with according to how it affects your survival. We could call this the fight or flight chakra because it uses your survival instincts to constantly assess the situations around you. When the second chakra is out of balance, there's a tendency to get confused by fantasies. For example, pretending your boyfriend is a great match and totally overlooking the fact that he treats you like dirt. Or you feel a loss of happiness and are forever seeking pleasure by overindulging in temporary fixes that never truly bring satisfaction or fulfillment. The second chakra is the energy center that uh, creates attachments. It could be attachments to people or drugs, cigarettes, work, or any other type of addiction or codependent behavior. Envy, jealousy, anger, and rage are some of the emotions associated with the second chakra. And these emotions usually flare up in relation to others. So in order to heal a broken friendship, it's necessary to balance the second chakra. And when this chakra is in balance, it has the energy of honoring one another. Creativity skyrockets and ideas flow. You take risks, you feel satisfied, prosperous, and you have a sense of belonging. The color associated with the second chakra is orange. All right, I'm going to talk about one more chakra, then integrate this information with colors so you can take away some uh, super simple and powerfully effective ways to bring your first three chakras into balance in order to alleviate some of that fatigue you're experiencing. Next week, I'll cover the other four chakras so you can have a complete, albeit basic, understanding of the human energy system in regards to chakras and colors. Why is this important? Because your health and happiness depends on the amount of energy running through your body. It's that simple. If you feel fatigued, easily irritated by other people, or your level of self-confidence and self-esteem stops you from living the passion and purpose that takes more courage than you can muster, it means that your first three chakras are probably out of balance. Bringing your chakras into balance can make all the difference in the world. The third chakra is located around the solar plexus, a couple inches above your belly button, and just below your rib cage. It's the center of self-esteem, self-discipline, courage, ethics, and intuition. This is where your gut instinct comes from and where your personal code of honor is developed. When this chakra is in balance, you feel self-confident, have a strong sense of purpose in life, you're self-motivated and disciplined. Each small step you take to balance this chakra will strengthen your self-esteem and help you take back control of your life. Nasty people and uncomfortable situations won't be able to knock you off your center anymore, at least not as easily. You'll be able to make good decisions because you know your values and trust your own instincts. When the third chakra is out of balance, you give your power away to others because you want them to like you or you don't want to come across as the bad guy. 
Lacking identity by not knowing who you are is the shadow side of this chakra, and it shows up when you make yourself small because you don't feel worthy of, I don't know, like a better-paying job or a boyfriend who honors you. It shows up in smaller situations that make one notice, such as coworkers not listening to your ideas and you not standing up for yourself to assert that your ideas do indeed have merit that can help the company and your coworkers. That's your third chakra being out of balance. The color associated with the third chakra is yellow. And that makes total sense because when used in a derogatory manner, yellow means cowardly. But when used in a positive way, it represents sunshine and the golden rays of light. The meaning of colors can be very subjective, but what is not subjective is the energy they radiate. You can perceive the color yellow as meaning one thing based on your personal experiences, but objectively it's just a vibration, a waveform that carries with it a certain form of energy. The chakras are electrical energy centers in the body that bring in and transfer out energy. They serve as both the entrance and the exit for prana, the life force energy that keeps us alive and vibrant. When you don't have enough prana, you feel tired. The chakras reflect our consciousness. This goes back to what I was saying earlier about how we as humans radiate who we are to the world around us. We'll take a little break to let some of this information sink in, and when we come back, we'll talk about color and the simple ways you can bring more energy into your life by using color. Blog posts, recipes, self-help books, and more. Visit us online at nancyatnoon.com. You'll be glad you did. If you have questions about love, life, relationships, happiness, health, and well-being, please email them to me at nancy at nancyatnoon.com and maybe yours will be the ones chosen to be answered on air. If you need answers now, I provide a personal and private email consultation service. For details, please visit the Ask Nancy page on my website, nancyatnoon.com. And now it's time for another Daily Ditty. Today's ditties are all about color. It may not surprise you that blue is the most popular color in the world. International studies done by global marketing firms found that 40% of people picked blue as their favorite color, followed by purple as their second choice. The color pink is used in mental health care institutions and prisons to calm prisoners and patients who are out of control. The walls in their cells are painted pink because apparently it suppresses anger and anxiety due to its calming effect. If you want to avoid accidents, drive a white car because it's the most visible under all conditions except snow, of course. Actually, lime yellow is the most visible color on the road, but it appears to be an unpopular choice for a car color. Yellow plus red equals hunger. Yep, all the huge fast food chains and many other restaurants use these two colors because they make you feel hungry. Hunger equals profits. Whereas on the other hand, green and blue suppress hunger. So maybe good choices in your kitchen if uh, you're on a diet. Black boxes. Did you know that black boxes seem heavier to workmen than green boxes filled with the same tools? And blue streetlights resulted in lower crime rates in Glasgow, Scotland in the year 2000. Blue conveys a sense of trust and reliability. And that's all the fun ditties we have for you today, folks.
and I'm ready to share with you the fun part of this show, the part that everyone's been waiting for, how color can energize your life and help lift some of that exhaustion and fatigue you're feeling. So briefly, the seven major chakras in the body are seven major energy centers that have seven different rates of vibration. These seven centers take in and give out energy, and each chakra has a color associated with it. The first chakra is red, the second orange, the third yellow. Colors also have vibrational patterns, and each color vibrates at a different rate. Red vibrates at the same rate as the first chakra and affects the vibration of this entire energy center. Same for orange and yellow. Respectively, they affect the energy of the second and third chakras. Remember, when your chakras are in balance and spinning harmoniously, you have more energy. It requires less effort to handle the situations that arise in your life that are, you know, associated with these chakras, as explained in the first part of this episode. So in order to help balance your chakras, you can incorporate red, orange, and yellow accordingly into your life in in a variety of ways. You could wear the color for the chakra you want to balance. You could paint the walls in a particular room a color corresponding to the chakra you want to balance. Or an easier way to achieve a similar effect uh, would be to use different colored light bulbs to infuse a room with a, a sort of strong wash of color. Just surround yourself in its vibration. It doesn't work so well in the daylight, but, but maybe you could hang a piece of colored glass in your window to bring in the necessary chakra color. That would be so beautiful. For example, if you want to increase your self-confidence, your personal power, and your happiness which are all third chakra energies, hang a piece of yellow glass in your kitchen or the room where you hang out most of the time. That alone would make such a difference, especially for people who suffer from SAD, seasonal affective disorder. You can also bathe in colored water. I remember once buying colored bath liquids. I took a bit to wash the tub out afterwards, but the color vibration actually touched my skin. How much closer could you get? And when in water, our auric field is weakened, allowing external energies to penetrate easier. Another way to bring color into your life is, and this is really simple, is to paint a piece of cardboard or paper. It doesn't have to be larger than like 8x8 or 8x10. And just look at it. Paint a cardboard for each chakra color and use them on a daily basis. Use red if you want to be grounded or need more circulation or if you want to raise your physical body temperature and be warmer. Use orange colored cardboard for sustaining that warmth or stimulating your creativity or your reproductive system or to help productivity and bring you more pleasure. So if you need some motivation to have fun, surround yourself in orange. You can use the yellow cardboard when you want to feel empowered and uplifted. You can also use yellow if you want to feel more positive and slow down the negative self-chatter that's going on in your head. To sum up a few uses for color, you could wear it, you could paint your walls with it, use colored light bulbs in your rooms, hang a colored glass in your window, you could bathe in it, uh, you, could, you could paint some cardboard and look at it, and another one I forgot to mention, you could visualize the color. Visualization also connects you with the vibration of that color. Next week, I will cover the other four chakras and associated colors. If you try any of these suggestions, and I'm really hoping you will, let me know what works for you. Until next time, keep it awesome, babe. Thanks for joining us again on Slightly Askew with Nancy at Noon. We've enjoyed your company. 
Hope it's been fun for you, too. If you like what you're hearing, please share us with your friends and family because, well, they might like us, too. You can find us online at nancyatnoon.com. We've got fascinating blog posts, recipes, self-help books, weight loss CDs, coaching programs, art, jewelry, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Go ahead and check us out. Nancyatnoon.com. You'll be glad you get it.